Welcome to the ATEM podcast. My name is Andrew Krank, and this is the place to be to catch up on what you missed at the 2021 edition of the online 24 hours of ATEM. So for this fourth episode, we will cover the future of content security, learning from leaders. Let's start the engines. I'm just going to do a quick introduction uh, of myself, the topics and the team. So it's basically main three topics. We're going to be talking about the security challenges and trends, uh, maneuvering security challenges in the cloud specifically, and security on content delivery infrastructure. And then in the end, we're going to move to the Q&A. All the questions can be sent in the Q&A button on, on, on Zoom uh, bar. And we're going to take all the questions in the end of the presentation. OK. So here we are today. My name is Bruno. I'm the sales engineering director working in LATAM from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And in the session, we're going to have Gregory, who is our, our VP of Business Development at ATEM, and we also having uh, our two guests, Martin and Nathan, uh, respectively VP of Product Management at Verimatrix, and Nathan, the Director of Product Management at Verimatrix. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Moving on. Uh, we're just going to start. To make the session more interactive, we're going to start with a poll so we can get everyone's answers and opinion. And just okay, so I'm just launching the questions. I just would like to see if you can see the questions on the screen. Yes, we're just asking what describes your security deployment today. So, what type of infrastructure are you using in your deployments today? Uh, on-premises, virtual cloud, public cloud, or a full-hosted SaaS solution. I'm just going to give it a minute. We have now 20% of answers. I wonder which one will be winning. So it's very divided, but uh, still mostly on-premises, I can see. Okay. Okay. Virtual cloud is, the, is on second, and public cloud is the third. So not too so many, far. Not too many on uh, on fully hosted SaaS. Yes, we have more or less twenty answers so far. So please, everyone watching, the the more information we have, you know, the more realistic can be the discussions in the end. Please vote. You can make a difference. <laughs> okay, I think we have, and it's not getting too many more responses, but I think we can see the trend. So I'm just going to end the pool and share the results with you. Okay, I'm just going to share the results. Let me know if you can see it. Yeah. Yes. So I think it gives uh, a trend of what's happening. Hmm? Yeah, I, I think this is interesting results. And, and, and actually, I'm not so surprised that um, 
that the most are, most are still on premise. I think there's a trend to move to the cloud, but I think if you just look at what do you have today, I, I, I can see the on premise to be still quite popular. Okay, nice. So I think I think we can go to the presentations, and uh, I'll be helping you with the slides. Thank you, Jan. So let's uh, let's start by looking at um, security challenge uh, challenges we have today. I mean, the, the global market is growing quickly. We can all see that uh, around us. It's uh, according to a study by uh, PwC Global Entertainment Media and Outlook. The estimated global OTT market uh, would be 73 billion by 2023. That's that's a lot of a uh, lot of zeros. But it's not only the video market that is growing. It's um, every company today is is an app company. Uh, today there are more than seven million apps on Google uh, Play and, and the, in the Apple App Store. Out of these seven million uh, plus apps, many are video and media related, and offered uh, in offering many different ways for for consumers to to get uh, media. So the video video market is growing, and and the number of apps are, are growing. Uh, at the same time, uh, the number of devices is also growing. It's estimated that uh, there are three times more connected devices uh, than people by 2023. And this trend is expected to, to continue beyond 2023. So if, if I, I, I sort of make a simple uh, risk model here, uh, you could say that the number of videos times the number of apps times the number of devices equals to the number of possible threats. Every connection point is potentially a threat vector and it must be secured. So as you can see, security matters more than ever today. So let's move to the next slide. Thanks. Uh, so the use of different devices, I, I, I mentioned that uh, in the last slide, the use of different devices for video consumption is growing and it's growing exponentially. Today we have a set of boxes, uh, we have smart TVs, media devices, different types of, of you know, media devices. We have tablets, mobiles, computers, all are used for, for media consumption. But um, these are all the new modern devices. Uh, you know, the, the fact is that we also have a lot of installed old devices or classic devices. And uh, each, each device, the new ones and the old ones, they have their own unique content security technologies and capabilities. And, uh, and uh, for many devices, this can't change. You have what you have in the device and, uh, and you have to live with the core features that are implemented. So at the same time, there's a trend to make um, early window content available to users at home for these type of uh, devices. So why I mentioned that is that uh, you have all these devices and, 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 and there's many different, old and new. And at the same time, there's a push where you wanna push out more valuable content to these wide set of devices. So the main challenge in content security today in my, to me is, is not how to manage the security of one device. How to manage a wide range of devices used by consumers and to ensure that there are no weak spots. And the landscape is very dynamic. So you have so many different devices, but there are new devices coming out and it's not only new devices, you have new OS versions. You get a new Android version, you get a new uh, 
Apple version, iOS version coming out, and they all need to be to be handled and uh, and supported. So it's a dynamic landscape. It's quite fragmented, and uh, you know we talk about what is the challenge of, of of security. These are the challenges we are seeing. Let's move to the next slide. Thanks. Then um, time to market. Uh, time to launch, rapid launch. It's, it's of new media services. It's becoming a key requirement today. I mean, time to market has always been important, but, but today it's more important than ever. We, we hear this all the time. And video services need to adapt uh, to consumer needs and trends, but without compromising security. Today, we are seeing a lot more demand for quick integration of security services in a flexible way. Uh, modern content security must also adapt to consumer uh, cons consumption patterns. So uh, the days of uh, constant and predictable media consumption is gone. It's not any, you know, like just in the evening. It's, uh, it's much more unpredictable today. The demand is fluctuating and the content security solutions need to support that without adding extra uh, complexity. So there are new services launched that are purely event-based with millions of users watching content for a very short period of time, a couple of hours, three hours, or maybe a weekend. And, uh, and those users are not watching the video service on any other time, other times. So we are seeing video services that go up in usage 100 times for a short duration. And the security system must be capable of supporting this in a friendly and dynamic way. So dynamic uh, cloud-based uh, security as a service uh, uh, or software as a service security is usually the right answer to that uh, with automatic scaling. And I uh, think Nathan will later go in a little bit more into what the cloud uh, can do and, and, and how, how to support that type of, of content. So let's move to the next slide. Thanks. Uh, there's sometimes a misconception that uh, content security is equal to DRM or content security is equal to CAS. This is not true. Uh, while DRM is a fundamental technology for content protection, there are many other aspects that also need to be covered. Piracy happens without DRM, but uh, DRM alone is not enough to prevent that from happening. Content must eventually be shown to the users in a friendly way. So good content security solution covers the end-to-end -end content lifecycle. Uh, it starts from shielding the application that is used for content consumption. In many cases, this, uh, this, this is the branded video service app or a smart TV app or, or on a tablet or, or, or maybe the app on a set-top box. Uh, DRM needs to be applied to ensure that the content is delivered in a protected way. But then watermarking and anti-piracy services come in to complement DRM and the total content protection solution uh, to support the end-to-end -end content security lifecycle. Forensic watermarking uh, can trace back the source of any leaks and uh, anti-piracy services uh, can find the leaks and take them down. So let's move to the next slide. Uh, I mentioned uh, in the previous slide, I mean, talked about the, the shielding the apps or securing the apps. We did a study last year and we analyzed popular media apps on Android. In this study, it was revealed that 93% of these apps had security risks. 
these risks are, are, are coming from unprotected apps. And, uh, and for example, uh, some of the risks are like a man in the middle attack. That's an attack where uh, a hacker tries to intercept the communication between the app and the backend server. We have uh, many apps had problems in, in handling of personal data and, uh, and uh, that could lead to privacy issues. Trusted server access. Uh, so no media application works in isolation. Isolation, they all must retrieve content and information from backend systems. And these systems in the backend, they are designed to provide content to entitled users and applications. So an unprotected app can be reverse engineered and can give hackers the mean to access the backend APIs and services and pretend to be an app and, and do something that they shouldn't be doing. I mentioned business models here as, as a risk. Business model could be that uh, you know an app uh, used for, for streaming video is, is modified to get access to better services without paying. For example, there could be services that are maybe lower priced for uh, mobiles, but higher priced for smart TVs, or, or maybe they have some other limitations. If you get access to the app and uh, it's not protected, these um, limitations can be circumvented and, uh, and the business model, models can be compromised. And finally, cloning risks. Actually, cloning attacks is, is quite popular. When, when, you clone, uh, when you clone an app, you take the, the real app, you take it down from the app store, you open it up uh, and then you modify that app. Maybe you insert something into the app or remove something. Typically a cloned app could be somebody who inserts their own advertisement service into the app and then they repackage that app, rename it uh, into a different name and upload it for distributors. And uh, every time somebody uses the clone apps, they get the advertisements of the cloner. Uh, I've also seen clone apps where they are not that friendly and just put advertisements. They, they actually, I've seen clone apps of, uh, that are stealing information. Everything that is entered into the app is copied to, to some other service. So that's also a risk to consider. Uh, Very Matrix has an ebook on, on all of this and, and, and yeah, um, and, and you can see the link here. Uh, you can probably get that from the recording also if uh, you don't have time to, to note it down where this is more explained. But that's, uh, that's my part, thanks. And, and, uh, and over to you, Bruno. Okay, thank you. And I think just to keep you know, everyone awake and participating, we have another poll. I'm just gonna put on the screen. Just a second. So please confirm you can see the questions on the screen. Yes. Okay, so the main question is, you know, which is the most concerning area of security for your organization? And it's a very important question. So let's see. I'll give it a minute so we have some more answers. I think most people are concerned about the unauthorized distribution and piracy. But uh, it's interesting to see that uh, securing solutions on the cloud is also a concern. I'll give it uh, 20 more seconds. So we have a few more answers, but uh, we definitely can see the trend of the answers. Okay, 
So I'll share with you the results and uh, if you have any comments also. So it's a draw between, you know, the main voter one is protecting the content or to mitigate unauthorized distribution and piracy. And also a mix of all of the above. So very interesting. I think it's still a distribution, but there's also all the other concerns on securing solutions in the public cloud, securing consumer applications when it's viewing the content, and also securing the private cloud, cloud infrastructure and solution. I wonder, maybe we should have had an option is that I'm, wor I'm not worried at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Thank you. So I think at the beginning of the session, that first poll was really indicative of where the majority of, of people are at today. They're in traditional on-prem deployments with secure head ends. You know, that's the, the business model that Verimatrix and ATM has uh, engaged in over the years. And we're reaching this, this interesting point now where a lot of people are looking at those closed infrastructure solutions and going, how can I break this out? and take advantage of cloud technologies while continuing to protect my interests and my operations. Um, On-prem solutions, you know, have always had that traditional benefit of physical security, be it on a head-end facility or in a, a shared data center. Um, and there's been a heavy reliance on um, network uh, applications in the form of switches, routers, firewalls to really keep your location secure and treat it as the walled garden. And as uh, a lot of operators and content distributors are looking at now in, in, in the global industry, how do you go from the safety of that environment into virtualized env environments where you want to have adaptability and scalability within your own uh, private head end infrastructure, um, making the move, move to private cloud solutions where you control the entire stack um, making the move to public cloud solutions and SaaS solutions. Um, so that's where I just like to highlight some of the, the security challenges that we see that, that come up that people may not necessarily be um, aware of and, and paying attention to. So if we could go to the next slide. Now this is gonna uh, happen in stages. So if we could just step forward one step. You know, a lot of cloud providers, when you engage with public cloud, provide you with uh, an inherent set of base protection and security for, for what you're deploying around, how your uh, machine instances are being accessed, um, the ability to use load balances, et cetera. If we step again, you know, this normally covers the, the endpoint protection and edge-based um, just-in-time services. Um, with a, a DRM solution like multi-DRM that Verimatrix provides or multi-DRM core, it's not just how you secure your service, but it's being mindful of being a, a good uh, cloud tenant in a distributed cloud head-end infrastructure. You know, it only takes um, one weak link in that chain of security to, to break the confidence and the trust in the entire flow. So when you're implementing these solutions, you need to pay attention to, are you um, using the correct security that is native to the solutions that you've engaged in? Are you securing the connections between uh, edge-based encoders, just-in-time content delivery networks, 
um, subscriber management, entitlement management systems. Um, and in our experiences, as we've been as we've been building up our cloud solutions, we've seen that there's a lot of value to be added by engaging in some extended and enhanced additional security services in in our cloud solutions. So if we step forward again. Making sure that you're doing that secure exchange of credentials, monitoring upstream and downstream traffic from encoders to encryptors, from the uh, consumer clients and devices that are out there, um, up to retrieving the keys and delivering the keys back down to you know being able to interact and trigger with the CDNs as well as securely protecting all of the the data that exists for the consumer and the operator in a responsible fashion that stays aware of GDPR and privacy information. Um, there's a depending on how solutions are architected. Um, somebody who's doing a buy versus build if they're coming from an on-prem uh, awareness of the world, how they implement things in their own private clouds or in the public clouds, they're not necessarily paying attention to or aware of how to avoid attack vectors like administration exploits. Do you have edge-based services that allow for uh, user interfaces that can be uh, hijacked or man-in-the-middle attacks where somebody can, can take over and then tunnel in and hijack the infrastructure within your cloud itself? Do you have the appropriate monitoring and tools in place to be aware of those attempts happening or um, just odd behaviors that you're seeing in the system that should be prompting you to, to take a look where you can be proactively informed? And of course, um, you know, a traditional problem for even on-prem head-end solutions is the distributed dial of denial of service attack. So then you need to think about how you're handling um, DDoS implications. Uh, interesting side effect of that is, um, you know, the, ben the benefits of going with cloud-based solutions is the full auto scaling uh, to be able to spin up vertically or horizontally the number of containers or um, services that you need to support the demand that your consumers are currently generating. And there's a difficult balancing act that occurs where how do you know where that traffic peak that you're starting to experience is genuine traffic from your consumers or the beginning of a, a DDoS attack where you need to start mitigating it so that you're not disrupting the, uh, the consumer experience for playback for existing content. Um, so there are services that we've implemented that allow us to differentiate the traffics, taking advantage of these, these enhanced cloud solutions and cloud security with um, the providers that we're using for the Verimatrix Secure Cloud. If we continue around Brands Hatch, reactive cloud security, if we step in again, it's not just a matter of knowing how um, the security of your system is being probed. You need to know, are you being probed? Um, one of the big advantages to going to cloud and SaaS-based implementations is there's a continuous integration, continuous delivery flow for engineering operations teams where you can get updates out 10 a minute, 10 a second, 10 a day, 10 an hour. And in doing so, you need to have this reactive security where you're able to pay attention and see, have I introduced something that may have started to link, uh, weaken the link in that security chain? Um, so having additional uh, intrusion detection where you're getting appropriately notified, um, consistent 
automated vulnerability and, and weakness scanning so that you just have that confidence that what is going out there is stable, um, is secure, and you're informed before uh, threat actors or your customers are impacted. And of course, that ties into the need for real active monitoring um, of the solutions. And part of the reason I wanted to focus on this and not just DRM is it, it belies the point that Martin made, and I, I, I believe Gregory is going to make, that the security is, is just about DRM is that cost of entry, but the whole infrastructure and the whole solution is a shared responsibility that all of us who provide these various elements um, in that infrastructure need to be aware of. And finally, I think we step into the, the final lane. Securing that delivery. Um, so I wanna close with, yeah, go ahead. You can go back forward. Um, I wanted to close with how you get to that finish line. Um, we were approached by a traditional on-prem operator that we've been doing business with for a while now. And as a result of COVID and a result of the pandemic, they had seen a traffic load that was increasing on their on-prem facility that they were just not prepared to meet. Um, and then they ran into a very se uh, interesting secondary challenge for that, which is sourcing hardware, getting it delivered to their on-prem facility, being able to get network engineers in to install and configure that um, was not something they were going to be able to do in a timely fashion. It was gonna be a matter of, of weeks before they would be able to up their capacity. And in the meantime, they were putting uh, the consumer experience at risk. So they came to Verimatrix with a challenge and said, can you get us into your cloud-based SaaS in less than a week to, to help mitigate this? And we've been able to do that by um, providing a cloud native solution to our traditional multi-DRM product, which we've built from the, the, the ground up. The, we had them up and running within two to three days and we have been able to take on that production load. There was no concerns about the auto scaling uh, to meet the unknown traffic patterns of their consumers throughout the pandemic. Um, they didn't have to uh, make the CapEx expenditure on expanding their head end they didn't have to be aware of those cloud security issues that I was just talking about, these gotchas that, you know, when you're taking a buy versus build or a lift and shift approach, you may not be aware of. Um, and within one week, we had them up, they were running, they were delivering traffic. They're happy with the pricing structure that we have around it because it scales with the actual usage of what they're seeing. Um, and this is something that we're just starting to see more and more of as on-prem customers are looking you know, you have Encoda partners who are offering cloud-based services. You have cloud CDNs that are doing distribution. Uh, people with content are seeing their content being consumed in different regions um, and being able to leverage a, a global cloud-based service that can deliver entitlements from whatever region is nearest to the consumer, reducing latency, keeping that sort of uh, consumer happiness is all key. So. These were all the basic touch points that uh, we've been experiencing. We obviously could spend an entire workshop ourselves going into deeper details and all of this, um, but I know that I'm at the end of my segment. So I'll go ahead and I think we're handing off to Gregory now. And thanks again for the opportunity to talk to everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Yes, so just to, uh, to complement on your presentation, so uh, for me, what is important is to evaluate uh, how the security should be implemented within the content delivery infrastructure. Um, so as you mentioned, OTT, 
there are a lot of challenges associated to that that uh, Martin has presented. And I uh, would like to give some highlight about how these challenges need to be implemented within this uh, video management and delivery infrastructure. So maybe Bruno, if you can go for the first time. So Martin discussed about the device fragmentation. So uh, of course, we know that there is a lot of device. To, we need to support wide range of devices. It means for us that we need to support multiple packaging formats, multiple DRM formats. Uh, so we know HLS, Dash, Smooth Streaming, now CMAF, and new format to come. Uh, in terms of DRM, we need to support multiple DRM, native DRM, uh, OneVine, PlayReady, FairPlay, potentially proprietary DRM. Uh, one challenge is also to provide a platform that is able to easily integrate these multiple uh, DRM. We can work. Uh, I think we lost the presentation, Bruno. Uh, yes, I uh, can you see? No. Well, we continue a little bit and then when the presentation will be back. Uh, but yeah, I was mentioning that, yeah. of course, we need to, uh, to ease this integration on our side. Uh, device mean today, uh, mentioned tablets, smartphone, connected TV, console, OTT devices, um, OTT set-top box, tomorrow maybe connected cards, and, and, and much more to come in terms of, uh, of devices. Uh, so what is important also is when you have a big catalog of contents, you need to ensure backward and forward compatibility on the contents. It means that all the old content that is available on your platform need to be delivered on new devices. And vice versa, if you have new content to ingest, you need to ensure that these contents will be accessible for the very old devices. So this challenge, uh, we see a solution that we have implemented a few years ago now, which is the just-in-time packaging and just-in-time encryptions. Uh, that means that you will implement the format, the packaging, and the DRM on the fly when the content is requested. The different consequences of that is, of course, it's allow you to uh, store all the in a, in a private format for your contents, and you don't need to store multiple formats for encryption and for packaging. If you need to uh, deliver the content to new devices, you don't need to reprocess your whole catalog. The content is available. It means that by upgrading your software, if you need to support a new format, you will be able uh, with a simple software upgrade to deliver your content on all of these devices. So the challenge of device fragmentation is really uh, to be sure that your platform is future-proof, that you don't need to reprocess your content and you need to anticipate and to easily update the platform in order to support what is available today and what will be uh, necessary for the future with all the evolution of devices and of operating system. Maybe next, next slide. The second element that is uh, very important uh, is the content, of course. This is the, the king. Uh, today, we know that premium, premium content is a large factor of success of the content. So you may have to require uh, to get access to this premium content. Uh, 
And the security level that will be requested by the content owner might be different depending on the uh, on the content itself. So we know that for sport events, for blockbusters, exclusive series, uh, you might have some specific requirement coming from the content owner. So we need to ensure that the platform is able to support these uh, requirements. Also, the second access. Uh, the second uh, factors could be the video quality. So maybe the constraints associated to HD or UHD delivery might be different to what has been requested if you need to deliver 4K or UHD content. So this is a factor that needs also to be taken into account. So you need to adapt your level of security to the content itself. There are different technologies uh, that Verimatrix also implemented, and we, we work together on these different uh, aspects in multiple customers. Uh, key rotations uh, to increase the um, level of security for the different users. The keeper track, uh, meaning that you will have different keys depending uh, potentially on the resolution of the contents. Uh, you can have different keys for 4K accessing for the same content if it's a 4K resolution of HD resolution. That's allow you also to imagine different business models, meaning having a specific subscription for 4K that need to be supported uh, by the DRM and it's to be supported by the video delivery platform. Other topics that Martin mentioned also, watermarking, of course, that's an important one for uh, content privacy uh, identification, be able to apply countermeasure. For us, it means that we need to identify the source of piracy and very quickly and dynamically be able to cut the access of the stream uh, because it's important that it's not only problem of uh, identification, but also how to implement and to uh, put in place the uh, to secure again the delivery of the content. So, at the end, your platform is implementing different level of security and different level of security requested potentially by the content owner. Maybe the next uh, slide, Bruno. Also, what is, um, as you all know now, the, cons the consumer is expecting to get access to the content at any time and on any device. And you have to manage the life cycle of your content. It can start for several months before the live, and it can end up several years after the life of the content. So if you look at, uh, for example, the windows of content available on the, on the platform, uh, you can start by promoting preview of the content through a VOD services. Then you get access to the live, time shift, restart, replay, and NDVR, and potentially NDVR you met have a multiple year of retention time to deliver uh, to, the, to the end user. The content should be also accessible on the different device when you are starting watching on your TV, then you want to pursue on the tablet. With all this usage of the content, you need to ensure that the continuity in terms of security and access with the high level of quality of service. So the platform needs to be able to anticipate and to manage that, uh, that delivery. For us, we believe that having a platform that is able to support the different uh, services, live, time shift, restart, replay, VOD, uh, is, or NPVR, is, is a factor for you to share the resources, to limit the cost, and to ensure that the level of security is guaranteed wherever and whatever the content is consumed, and 
whatever the, uh, the usage is done by the end user. The second important uh, aspect that has been also highlighted by, uh, by Martin and Nathan is the business model. Uh, so of course, DRM is, uh, is supporting multiple business, uh, business models. And you should be able to, uh, to propose these different business models. The platform uh, could support the advertising model. So avoid uh, potentially with targeting advertising. You want to deliver the transactional vote services for HD, for 4K, SVOD replay from the live content, potentially pay-per-view. So all these models uh, should be implemented and supported also by the uh, video delivery and to ensure that all the rights and the rules applicable on DRM will be also implemented within the delivery mechanism. So the platform should be flexible enough to support all those services at a reasonable cost and uh, should allow you to promote and to keep innovation in terms of business model. And we know that uh, there are a lot of new models that are emerging today and we need to ensure that the platform is able to support this model in the future. Maybe next slide, Bruno. Yeah, so I think maybe you can uh, put all the elements on the slide. I don't think we need to, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, well, Nathan, come back on the, uh, on, 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 the make, on the cloud infrastructure, the benefit of the cloud infrastructure. So of course the OTT and the Unica streaming request a lot of operational constraints. One is the Unica streaming, uh, we need to ensure the regular growth of the usage. You were mentioning that and before that the customer call you within one week, they have a peak of traffic, they saw the traffic increasing. On the CDN, we know that for instance, uh, if, even if we look at an average growth multiplied by two, the CDN capacity every year is a standard growth for an OTT service. So we need to anticipate that. You have also some event, uh, live sport, election, news, and then you need to manage the peak of traffic. So of course the growth is not linear. Uh, and then there is a lot of new usage, like the content personalization, targeting ad insertion, uh, dedicated live channels, uh, personalized live channels, or personalized content. It's something that will also impact uh, the infrastructure and, and, and uh, the necessity to manage this, uh, uh, this growth of traffic. So the cloud is an answer for that, uh, allowing you to achieve uh, short time to market, as it was mentioning, speaking about minutes instead of weeks, uh, manage the scalability, especially for this uh, peak management. Uh, we have introduced on, on, on uh, Atem side a few years ago the Elastic CDN. So that's really, it was based on the cloud native technology. And that's how you can dynamically allocate additional resources based on the feedback you have on the consumption of your CDN. So that's a very important uh, uh, solution for uh, supporting the peak and anticipating that. Uh, this should be also easy to deploy uh, and you should have a, a, as, as Nathan was mentioning, there are a lot of mechanism and security in place in the cloud uh, that you can benefit, but also this could be enhanced uh, by different solutions like, very, like uh, Nathan presented from Verimatrix. Um, and then also that's a benefit because you don't need to overscale your platform. So you, you, can, you can adapt uh, the scaling of the platform to your needs and not having to uh, 
anticipate a potential peak uh, of traffic that is not coming. So it's also an economy in terms of investment. So for us, uh, this evolution to the cloud is definitely uh, the trends. Uh, it was introduced at the, at, at, uh, the early stage of this uh, 24 hours, uh, the first session. That's uh, actually the pandemic situation has accelerated this evolution. It was the evolution, but probably it uh, has anticipated uh, several years of, uh, of growing and acceleration. So we are already on our side to all of our products to deploy in this uh, cloud infrastructure to be uh, uh, easy and simple. Uh, and on our side, our strategy is to cover uh, either private or public cloud to have a multiple cloud strategy. Uh, we have made some deployments uh, with a platform like uh, HP. You mentioned Swisscom before. We had a common project with Verimetric with Swisscom. It's a big uh, HP infrastructure on the pri private cloud. Uh, but we have also supporting the, uh, the public, all the different public cloud infrastructure. And uh, on our side, we need to ensure that our technology is able to deploy this, uh, this and able to mix uh, different infrastructure for the future. So that's a key, I would say, element in terms of uh, scalability. Uh, and we are uh, very interesting to cooperate with companies like Verimatrix to ensure that all these uh, uh, this mechanisms are always also uh, can be deployed and secure globally on the, on the content itself, but also on the infrastructure uh, on top of uh, uh, and the application also. That's a global problem in terms of security. It's not only the content itself, but it's really the end-to-end -end approach that we have to consider also on our side. Okay, thank you, Gregor. Uh, I think now we have a few minutes, uh, 15 minutes for the questions. Uh, I have two, I think I have two and people can still send questions. We still have some time. So let me just get the first one. Okay, so, so one of the question is, what are the main considerations for migrating to the cloud? Okay, so I, I can start with an answer for that one. Um, one of the first questions anybody's gonna ask themselves is, should I be going into a private cloud or a public cloud? You know, do I entrust someone else to be operating a SaaS element for my, my distributed head end, or do I want to control the entire environment? So the only real difference between public cloud and private cloud is a, a private cloud can be a VPC, a virtual private cloud, a collection of secured virtualized resources that exist that you can deploy into that's going to be very appealing to an on-prem customer because it, it emulates that closed wall infrastructure that, that's familiar. However, what you're taking on when going with a private cloud is the responsibility for all of those security needs that we've touched on during these presentations. Your, your network security staff are going to have to be aware of what those inherent base security services are, what the uh, additional security services are. And for me, that's where the big uh, differentiator comes in between private and public cloud um, solutions. So Verimatrix's cloud solution, all of that operational oversight, monitoring, security responsibilities are part of the service that is being provided by us as that public cloud provider. 
And when you go private, those are all things that you need to staff and, and operate yourself. You need 24 seven, 365 coverage. This is gonna be a slightly different skill set to what you've had for on-prem. Um, you need to think about, do you want to go uh, single cloud or uh, multi-cloud provider? That will um, require you to make certain common implementations that can be supported across most of the main uh, public cloud uh, offerings that are out there. Um, and then you need to decide how you want to secure that. Do you want to do everything via a VPN that will allow you to have secure connectivity from your existing head end um, that you channel everything through? Um, if, you're hand, if you're going in that direction, are you taking into account the commercial costs for that inbound, outbound bandwidth access, additional security uh, layers that you're going to need to be considerate of? So it's, it's really a, just a basic set of questions. It's very much like the do I buy versus build um, type of logic. And cloud technologies have been around long enough. Public cloud providers have been around long enough that they are going to have more evolved skill sets um, that are readily available than perhaps the lessons that an internal organization will need to learn and address as, as part of their cloud evolution. Okay, thank you, Nathan. Uh, and there's still another question. It's uh, basically two questions. It's what are the security vulner vulnerabilities that are unique to a cloud infrastructure? And then again, the difference between the public and the private cloud. Okay, the the main um, vulnerabilities that are unique to cloud infrastructure, depending on how you've implemented that infrastructure, is um, a security on the edge. Where are your partner ecosystems, your customers interacting? Do you have the appropriate security layers around um, WAFs? Uh, endpoints, API points that are um, keeping all of the public interactivity with your solution secure. Secondarily to that is you're now taking on that infrastructure element. So all of those edge services that you have that are out there and available are now turning inwards and they're working with data stores and um, scaling services, etc. And kind of like we touched on, you need to be aware of um, how to avoid that infrastructure from being uh, easily hijacked, where if you don't have it secured properly, somebody can come through your edge service, identify where within your, your cloud uh, infrastructure you have some scaling services, and they can slip in um, malicious software of their own or take advantage of your cloud infrastructure where you're incurring the cost but they're incur you know they're they're getting the benefits. So that's a lot different to what you would you know experience with a, a traditional on-prem deployment. And um, unfortunately, I already answered the public-private cloud with the first question. So feel free to rewind two or three minutes when you're watching the playback, and you know we can repeat those comments. That perfect. Thank you, Nathan. So I think uh, there's no more questions for now. We still have a few minutes. Uh, I'd like to thank you, our partners from the Matrix. Thank you, Gregory. I don't know if you have any last uh, comments. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for this uh, for this uh, presentation. And, uh, and and I and I think for us, what is important is to have a trusted 
partners in order to make uh, such uh, evaluation and deployment. So I think it's uh, uh, the collaboration is very important in this because we need to have a, a good understanding on the, on the challenge of this security and, uh, and we need to work with a, a trusted partner for that. Mm. Yeah, and 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 on, on my behalf thank you very much thanks for a team for 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 hosting this event I, I really appreciate that and thanks for all the the good work and the common customers we have had in the past and we are going to have in the future and thanks everybody for listening in i hope it was useful thank you so the recording will be available afterwards we're going to send to everyone who registered via email <laughs> Now we're at the end of the fourth podcast. If you would like to find out more, you can go to the atem.com website or follow us on LinkedIn. Next time we will cover a holistic view of QOE and QoS. So don't miss out. <laughs>